This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going team by team. I would be very careful about slings. Am I going to get sued? We got legal on this. Let's send you out on the right note. PFF sucks. Have a great day, everybody. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast, Steve Palazzolo, Sam Monson. We're somewhat live on YouTube and everywhere you're listening to podcasts. Steve coming to you from Mobile, Alabama here. How you doing, Sam? Not bad, Steve. Not bad. How is Mobile? That's uh, good. It's uh, Weather is excellent. 60s, yeah. sunny. The sun is is bearing down on us, though. You know, it drains yeah. it. Now, it's, uh, it's been good. I promised the people that there would be more of a travel log update for you, specifically because I read your Twitter and discovered that you flew down in a middle seat. And for people like me, you know, it's not great, but it's not the yeah. worst thing in the world. For people like you, I imagine that's worse. It was it was upsetting. It was um, <laughs> so I had two flights. I had two flights down, right? You so the, the first mobile? flight. Yeah, I flew to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Mobile. First flight from okay. Cincinnati. There's like nobody on the plane. It's a big plane. I get Beautiful. like the super duper exit row. I had I couldn't even reach the thing. I get so much leg room. So like Living the, the average leg room across the two flights was really really strong, <laughs> really good number. Right. But I had but all the leg room was you know concentrated into mm-hmm. the first flight. Um, second flight because I'm a good company man here, Sam. I didn't upgrade my seat to right. get exit row or whatever i usually go do a little puppy dog face and i say yeah. hey do you have any extra leg room they say sure but it was loaded flight from atlanta to mobile a bunch of media people and uh and i'm in the middle seat and they look at me like no no we got a full flight sorry so i figured they're like hey maybe you could switch when you get on there so then the next thing is like okay who's next to me right right and it's like there was like a girl who was like pretty small next to me i'm like all right so there's that some works. room there and then big dude next to me and like in the aisle and it's like well he's never gonna switch with me then we got some false hope there's two open seats right in the aisle next to me and i was like i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go grab one of those seats i'm gonna have extra leg room and then and then they look up and like two more the last two people come on the plane and fill those seats so i'm stuck in the middle row middle seat the whole time and all of our media friends are laughing at me and chuckling and um yeah it was great it was uh Tough flight. At least it was like a, only a 54-minute flight, so I just kind of sucked it up like yeah. without moving. I just didn't move for 54 minutes. Yeah, I, I I remember there was one. Yeah, for anybody, one of our flights know, when you were there, right? Yeah. When when we when we generally fly places, what happens is we go through, we get go through security, all that kind of stuff, and then Steve makes a beeline to the the gate, and the person on the gate and basically says, "Hey, any chance that you have a, an exit row seat?" And essentially just, you know look at me and they take a look yeah. at you and they're like yeah we'll, we'll figure that out so but occasionally it doesn't go that it doesn't go your way on a full flight and i think the most sad i have ever seen you was when you were wedged into a middle seat just random row 35 you know in the back row whatever it yeah. Is. yeah wedged <laughs> right in there and couldn't move that's that's how you would have been on the Super Bowl last year, had you been in those seats, you would have been stuck there, it wedged that in, bad. and you wouldn't have been able to move. Yes, it would have been exactly that bad, only with like plastic chairs instead of like a an airplane seat. But same I idea. I will really rethink the um, 
you know, the begging for a, for a Super Bowl media <laughs> pass, if, it, if it's going to be that bad again in Vegas. If there's any way we could get some forewarning, that would be great. You should so, at yeah, least pretty yeah, miserable find out whether it's, uh, whether it's like an auxiliary, you know, what is that? What are we talking exactly for these media seats? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, is, right. it the, is it in a normal press box? Then we can... Was there any extra room on the sideline or something? I'll stand, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that would be fine. I, I have a cell phone. Can we get a photographer's credential? <laughs> Anything, please. Um, but yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good week. It's the first time I've been down here in a while and you forget just how big it's, it's really gotten down here as far as the media presence. But, you know, a lot of people from the NFL, uh, scouting departments, front offices and the whole thing. So, so far that's been good. We sh I'm, um, I'm tempted to keep this going and just make it a, a travel log program because Walt in the chat yesterday was getting big mad that we didn't we didn't talk about the players enough, um, and frankly I found that funny. So we I've, we could keep I've got it going. quick player takes to get through. Okay. But if you, I mean, right. I've had I've had about ten different types of oysters so far. Really? A lot of oysters down here. Yep. Um, and then I had today, recording on a Wednesday, had seafood oysters for lunch. Gonna go grab seafood for dinner, so you know, getting right. the getting the local mix in over here, and then next yeah. week we'll have buffet logs in in yes. Vegas. We had a we had an emailer message in and basically say, "Hey, look, I live in Vegas. If you guys want any tips, any help, any anything, really, uh, he was our guy." So, well, let's ask the people right now. First off, if we if we did a show over at Circa. Um, would you come by and hang out and grab a drink with PFF? It's like, I, we're trying, like, I don't want to throw, I don't want, we, we can throw this little get together, but I don't want to do it. If we're going to you know only have like two or three people, like well, 50 yeah. people step up and like, Hey, we're in the area. We're coming up for the super bowl. We'll be there on right. a Tuesday. Maybe we should, um, we should I just probably don't know if we would attract that many people. Yeah. We should probably be more clear with that. We will be doing a show from Circa. They have asked yes. if we would like to also host some kind of, Hey, come and have a drink with PFF after the show. That's the part we need clarity on. So if you are in Vegas and would be happy to come to the show and or after drink at Circa, then email us in NFL podcast at PFF.com and let us know if we get enough people sending emails then we can reply yes to the good people. Otherwise, that feels like too much of a stretch to just say, yeah, sure, there'll be enough people there. So let us know. And if 2022 is bringing exciting or unexpected changes to your life, here's a secret weapon to help you face those challenges with more confidence. It's a great term life insurance policy. That's right. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to protect your family's financial future so you can focus on what's ahead, knowing your family is protected if something else unexpected happens. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. So join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash PFFNFL. That's meetfabric.com slash PFFNFL. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash PFFNFL. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Um, other, you know, as we're hobnobbing over here and talking to people, um, at least two NFL GMs. So one mm. NFL GM came up to me and said, hey, Steve, you know, I listened to your show uh, on on two, double speed. Two X is it because uh, he only has about 30 minutes to work out and he likes to, uh, to just get That's his information. Only getting you halfway through the show. I know. I was like, you must have. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you must get one show a week done here. At yeah. 2X. Uh, but it was good to hear. And it was, you know, we get these reminders every now and again that like the people are listening and we have to, you know, maybe be careful how much uh, criticism we give. There was another GM. Uh, we may have criticized some of the moves this team's made at various points. And I went up to like introduce myself and he said, Hey, Steve. And I said, Oh my gosh. Okay. You know me. What from? And I couldn't remember like if, cause we do a lot of team meetings and stuff. They're not always with the GM. I couldn't remember if we had done meetings where he was there and I had presented or whatever it might be, but he knew my name as I was trying to introduce myself. And we had a good little chat. Didn't bring up the podcast, but I do wonder if he's a listener as well. I don't, I don't know. Right. Potentially. Though. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I'm getting a degree of, uh, of FOMO over here sitting in my basement while you're talking, you're just sending me texts throughout the day, telling me all of the people that you've been Sorry. talking to on the sidelines, you know, these big NFL people that listen to our show. Meanwhile, I'm sorry, I'm Sam. Here. Next week, we 
I, I do want to give a shout out because we did have, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of college personnel people here. There's just a lot of people here and we, we're getting a lot of, uh, you know, head nods and dab dabs and hugs and the whole thing for the show. And so you deserve all that credit. You know, a lot of people <laughs> said, Hey, we listen. Yeah. Hey, we listen, you're, you know, so. you're receiving it. We all, appreciate, but... we appreciate all you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're, you're receiving all that, that, that kudos yeah. while I'm sitting here forming takes on wide receivers based off, uh, based off the PFF ultimate tape. It's all going your way, Sam, next week. You'll get all the credit. Um, you want to talk some players? What are you yeah. seeing? I don't see the Twitter buzz. Are you seeing Twitter buzz from certain players or anything like that? What are you seeing? Uh, so, so um, kind of, uh, narratives, I guess, that I've seen from the senior bowl. The quarterbacks are bad. Uh, both Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. have not been having good days, from what I can tell. Um, what else have I heard? Uh, the the Michigan kid, whose name just left out of my Roman brain. Roman Wilson. Yes, Roman Wilson has been yeah. carving everybody up. Um, He's been point, unbelievable. Yeah. So he was one that I hadn't got to his tape yet, and I went watched his tape specifically because he was getting so much hype during the senior ball stuff. I, I like him. He's a good receiver. Um, yeah. But he's doing really well. Xavier Leggett had a much better second day than he did a first day, though from the highlight clips, it still wasn't exactly, you know, light your world on fire type of stuff. Uh, those are probably the big ones I've seen. So what I, I just want to preface this by it's, I think it's very difficult to watch practice and how you can't have takeaways on every player. Um, I have gotten into a so what they do a lot of times is they'll have the the one on ones for quarterbacks, receivers, corners. That's all happening the same time you have O line, D line, one on ones. So I found myself with the Penix and Knicks group. I watched the QB receiver corner one on ones two straight days. Didn't see any of the the line play for that particular team, and it was the inverse for uh, you know what I watched on the other team, but. Um, so it's tough to like see everything, right? So I don't have answers for everything, but the Knicks, like starting with the Knicks Penix thing, I, I thought, I thought Penix was better yesterday. I still see those passes where he is just throwing it helmet high outside the numbers on outcuts and everything, but it is inconsistent. I feel like Knicks, again, I don't have the, I haven't rewatched the film PFFs charting all this data. So I'll, I'll be able to go back and like quant, uh, quantify right. it and see it clear, but Feels like Knicks has missed some open throws. Just missed missed more open throws. Um, ball dying down the field just a little bit on some passes. It hasn't been great. I, I try not to criticize the QBs too much in these settings because it's a lot of where's the route being run and timing and communication. That makes things look ugly sometimes. But yeah, both teams, quarterback play hasn't been great. And has um, Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton been anything other than a human howitzer? Because I saw, uh, you know, they put up the kind of the tracking data and the zebra stuff and all like the fancy numbers on the big screen. And people obviously snap pictures of it. And it was like, right. Uh, furthest distance thrown, Joe Milton. Highest RPMs, <laughs> Joe Milton. Uh, biggest ball velocity, Joe Milton. Like every every sort of large arm throwing fast or distance thing was Joe Milton. Yes. The problem is his longest pass may have been on a slant. You know, it may have been just a slant that he over. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, the inconsistency is still there. Um, I'm just joking, Joe. Um, but, yeah, he is. I mean, I was talking to some other people today about him specifically, and it's like he is he's super fast as well, has the cannon. Um, but, say, you know, same thing on tape. He's inaccurate and doesn't see it all that quickly. Throws it kind of late, right? Those are the opposite of what you're looking yeah. for a quarterback, but those are the intriguing tools, right? We have seen as – as uh as scary as it is sometimes when somebody's like just late within their own offense, we've seen other players like Carson Wentz sped up his process at the NFL level. I think Jimmy Garoppolo sped up his process at the NFL level. So it's doable, but that needs to happen with Milton. So yeah, the accuracy is still an issue. So Milton's on the same team as Spencer Rattler, Michael Pratt from Tulane, and then Bradley Carter, uh, Carter Bradley, sorry, back, you know, whatever from South Alabama. That the, that group of quarterbacks has been, I think, worse than Penix, Knicks, and Sam Hartman. That group really? has been even worse as a group. Like watching that passing attack, that team, the American roster, has been worse than watching Knicks, Penix, and Sam Hartman. So um, Milton's a part of that group. It's just been very inconsistent so far. Um, have you seen much of Roman Wilson then since he's one of the guys that's been carving up the one-on-ones? Yeah, so what I'm trying to do is just like highlight this caught my eye 
or this is a thing I've seen more than right. once type of thing. So Roman Wilson, what I've seen more than once is that dude um, just really snapping in and out or in and out of routes, unbelievably doing a great job. And then today there was a comp- like a competitive period where at the very end of practice they they grabbed they were just pulling random QB receiver corner combinations, random tight end versus linebacker, random O line D line. So they were trying they were doing offense versus defense. And I think it was Penix threw the ball and it was down and away and behind Roman Wilson. And he just um, one handed it along the sideline. I don't know if that made oh, that it to clip. TV. Did, it did. Yeah. It I, I, I have it's, no um, idea what's been clipped. It's a clip on. Yeah, it's out there. I, it, it looked. I mean, I, I assume somebody must have put it out there. It was insane. But without making it very much about myself, it was very reminiscent of the first touchdown I ever scored in the Irish American football league. Right. <laughs> he kind of, he seemed to yeah. stumble out of his break or something. And when he turned around, the ball was like already here. And it was yeah. like, he just turned around and snagged it as he said, Oh, look, the ball's right here. Almost identical. Except in my case, it wasn't because I fell. It was because I ran the wrong route. And when I turned around, I had run like a post and it was supposed to be just to go. So I was too far inside. And when I turned around looking for the ball, it was like thrown outside me. So it's just like one handed. So, you know, so, yeah. very similar. I can, I can relate. Um, what the question I, I had with, that. Yeah. Yeah. The question I had with Wilson is you watch his tape and he's very much like a slot corn or a slot receiver um, at Michigan. And generally, right. He's built that way. He's short. He's 5'10, 185 pounds type of thing. He's prototypical slot corner, but, when you start doing the one-on-ones, you get a lot of press coverage. You get the kind of stuff that they, those guys don't see out uh, outside or even at all if they're playing in the slot in college. Has this two days of practice done done anything to change the idea that he might just be a slot receiver only at the next level? Because I've seen comps to Tyler Lockett, right, which is a similar size player who hasn't been a, a slot receiver at the next level, even though he's a slot like body type and body shape. Yeah, it's it's another one I would have to go back and look at the tape specifically to just isolate press. But yeah, they've had him working on the outside, and I don't think it's been an issue. It feels like every time I'm looking up, he's running a dig and he's open, or a slant and he's open, outcut, whatever it might be. So I I think this week has helped Roman Wilson quite a bit. So I'm, I, and even in that particular area, and, and they do a good job here too of moving guys around. They you know playing in the slot, playing outside. Right. The one on ones are interesting because you see guys like wide open on a slant. And there's no linebackers there. There's no like it's it's a little different, but you you just want to see their movement and their ability to separate. And with from through that lens, Wilson's had a great week. Um, let me tell All you about right, our friends run. over at Prize Picks real quick before yeah. we get into you know some more receiver play. Patrick Mahomes free square. This is what's happening. If Mahomes throws for one or more yard, you win. That's it. Add an extra layer of excitement to the big game with Prize Picks and take advantage of their exclusive Patrick Mahomes free square offer. If Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard during the Super Bowl, you win. You can win a prize by rooting for one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Don't miss your chance to get in on the action and win big with prize picks. So sign up now. Claim your free square. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than a two to six player stat projection. Watch the winnings rolling. So if you want to play alongside some of prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can do that under the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so the entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if a player who exits the game in the first half doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So you go to prizepicks.com slash PFFNFL, use the code PFFNFL, get a first deposit match up to $100. It's prizepicks.com slash PFFNFL. Use code PFFNFL. Get a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy over at Prizepicks. Yeah, Sam, do you have another question? No, I, just, I was to going you? to say that rather than me asking you questions about guys you haven't necessarily been paying that much No, no, that's, you're to, better. Why don't, why don't you tell me uh, who has jumped at you? As a, let's do it the other way around. You're right. Let me go through. Let me go through my list here. Um, starting with running backs on that national roster, Marshawn Lloyd at USC. We had Jim Nagy on the show last week. He said he's the best running back in the draft. He's had some, uh, some highlight moments out of the backfield. Two-way goes. Uh, you see a lot of two-way goes here in one-on-ones. You see a lot of wheel routes. He's been open on both. Um, and then Dylan Lobb, the, the running back out of UNH, who, you know, shorter, 
pass catcher type of running back. I think he had six, 700 yards as a receiver last year at UNH. He's shown those skills, broken through the line a few times. By the way, one of the funniest things that happens here is during practice where they're not allowed to tackle and a guy lets up on a tackle and the running back runs through. Not only does the running back run through for 40 yards, that's fine. He's completing the play. But the offense is celebrating. You know, like you have the offense back there like, touchdown, <laughs> touchdown. It's like, no, that was a three-yard gain. What are you talking about? But um, Lob has gotten behind the defense a couple times from the pass game perspective. And so that's been that's been pretty impressive on the national roster. Uh, Ricky Pearsall from Florida. Again, we talked to Nagy last week and said that guy's going to run fast. He has been dynamic in his route running behind the defense. He's fast. He's quick. He's had um, a couple routes. He kind of gets stuck. You know, I, I don't know what to do with that because a lot of times when the guy makes it, you know, great plays and catches, you think that's the only thing. He's had some ones where he's yeah. been completely erased, but he's had some really good routes. I don't know if you've gotten to his tape at all, but he is uh, very explosive, quick and fast, and he's showing that off so far. Um, Tez Walker from UNC has um, – he. I, I don't know what our official stats will have. He's got to have four or five drops so far this week. There's been a lot of passes that have hit his hands. And then there's a lot of passes where he's open behind the defense too. Bo Nix hit him for at least one or two deep balls earlier today in one-on-ones. So Tez Walker has been kind of up and down and interesting. And he's one of the he's one of the guys that has like second, third round ability, I think, is what the NFL's expecting there. And I, I think he's been up and down. Again, my perception might be different than others, but I've seen seen the ball hit the turf on a couple that he should have caught so far. Yeah. Uh jumping back yeah. to the start of that that screen. Marshawn Lloyd, I think, is really interesting because I feel like the senior bowl generally all the drills and things are kind of set up to make him look great. Um, you know, yeah. we know he operates really well in space and he's athletic and he's dynamic and he's fast. Apparently he's way bigger than I think people were. He's he weighed in like was five ten pounds heavier than he was listed as well. Um, so he's, he's just kind of prototypical in a lot of ways. Uh, but that offense at USC. Yeah. That offense at USC, it's so wide open. There's no, bodies in front of him like it's all wide open running lanes so he's almost a player that i wonder if he's the rare case where the game at the senior bowl actually says more than the week of practices for him because even as you said even the week of practices doesn't really put you in those situations where okay now we have a crowded box and you got to try and find the space the game might right. um i expect him to look great one-on-one -on -one drills you know a, a linebacker running a route with a two-way go if he didn't, right. I think it would be a surprise. But I, that's my question with him is what happens when he goes into a conventional offense and there's more clutter in front of him? A couple players on the defensive side of the ball for the national roster. Not that that means anything to anybody here, but just the way I have my roster sorted here. Sione Vaki, the safety out of Utah. For player, for people that don't know Vaki, he's, uh, he graded well at safety for us at Utah. Um, and today he played running back. So they put, they put him in the backfield because he did play a little running back at Utah and uh, he just tore up USC. And I, you know, I, I catch up on the draft a little bit later. Sometimes I started watching the USC tape right around when it happened. And I was like, who's this running back? That's incredible. And I had to get down. I didn't know at the time that it was just the safety hockey you know, playing running back. And he looked great running the ball. Um, so he's been, you know, running routes, catching the ball in the backfield and running the ball. So I am intrigued generally, Sam, by, you know, Travis Hunter at Colorado, literally playing both ways, receiver and corner. Yeah. And a guy like Vaki, could you play safety and play running back? And I would say, as far as like what you need to learn, it's pro the easiest position to just go grab eight or 10 carries in a game is probably running back. It is difficult maybe to do pass protection stuff and, you know, not get your quarterback crushed. But I do wonder, you know, with uh, with Shohei Otani and what he's doing and then Travis Hunter at Colorado, does the NFL see this as a potential edge and lean into more two-way player type of stuff? And so Vaki's one of the guys that's that's doing that down here. I feel like the biggest impediment to that at the NFL level is how you fit in both meeting rooms you know how you how you learn but like you can learn the playbook yeah. obviously for both things but like those those meetings tend to be happening at the same time um in different places can you sort of stay up to date on both things at the same time to a useful degree i think that's the thing that probably holds it back the most like maybe 
it's easier at the college level. I don't know. Maybe they take place at different times. You can bounce from one to the other. That I think feels like the biggest issue, but I agree that if you're going to have one position where you can come in and it's not a full-time thing and you only need to learn kind of, you know, a portion of the, the, the role, I mean, there are scat back roles that exist, right. That are completely free of pass protection. All you need to do is this is your package of plays. It's less than anybody else needs to learn. You don't need to worry about pass blocking. You just run out there and do this. Like it could be five, could be 10 snaps a game. You know, there are defensive players that have been given an offensive gimmick package, right? Like guys that are very limited, but I think you could do it if you wanted to. Yeah. I love the idea of stealing roster spots or stealing, you know, explosive play opportunities or whatever it might be. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how much the NFL decides this is a potential edge that they've dabbled with through the years, like we said, but you know, do they go back to it a little bit more? Um, the cornerback out of Toledo, again, we mentioned with Jim last week in, in our preview show, Quinion Mitchell, he's, I, he's got a lot of buzz. Like he's won some one-on-ones when corners don't win a ton of one-on-ones. Yeah. He's done a nice job so far. And so remember the big question was 22 snaps or whatever it was against press last year against in Toledo so far, so good playing press showing different looks, you know, hanging in there in one-on-ones and, you know, he's like a fringe first round type of corner that, you know, might solidify that first round status with, with his weakness so far at the senior bowl. I mean, I feel like the buzz, he's another guy actually that was getting some buzz that I didn't mention up top, but I feel like the buzz around him says he's, he's a first round corner for sure. At this point, the question is how high in the first round does he end up going? And in fact, in what I believe is a fairly lackluster corner group, lackluster might be the wrong word. There's no, you know, sauce gardener in this cornerback class, right there, whatever the starting point is of this group is lower down. So there might be quite a lot of talent in terms of first rounders, but nobody that you want to draft at five overall, or nobody that you want to draft at maybe even 10 overall. But in that kind of landscape, it's, I, I feel like the number one corner is quite attainable for a lot of guys, right? If you can have a really strong pre-draft process, you might be able to push yourself into being that number one spot if you started off as a first round corner or a fringe first rounder. And this is the kind of week that could do that for him. All right, I'm going to go to the American roster here, just going through my highlighted players. Johnny Wilson, receiver out of Florida State. Uh, now, monster. With his, yeah. yes, with his weigh in, is he receiver or is he tight end, Johnny Wilson? Yeah, I think I've, so, uh, old friend Mike Renner, rest in peace. Uh, put him <laughs> double rest, rest in peace, in peace both now to, both to Mike Renner and the messenger in his rankings. I don't even know if you can yeah. find those anymore. Uh, but he did put Johnny Wilson as tight end two behind Brock Bowers Renner. And we'll have Renner on the show at some point to, to drop all of his draft takes. We might have to pay him for it as well at this point, just to <laughs> help him. Um, sorry. But Wilson is huge, man. I mean, he was going, I don't know which corner it was that he was going up against today because he's playing receiver. Like he's playing outside and in the slot. Okay. Which corner would it have been? He went up against somebody that was 5'10, 5'9. And it is like he is dwarfing them. But I still think he's a receiver. I don't think he's big enough to really be the inline tight end. He would be a protected tight end. But if he plays like a Darren Waller type, you know, I was talking to Trevor about this. If you make him a Darren Waller type, like you protect him from inline, uh, having to block defensive ends as much as possible, you move him around, you call him a tight end, you, he's he's in and around the line of scrimmage enough that you have linebackers covering him. There's a mismatch opportunity there with Johnny Wilson. And he looks smooth catching the ball too, as a receiver. So yeah, he he looks good out there this week from what I've seen. For, for those that didn't see, I don't know what he was listed at in college, but he weighed in at the official Senior Bowl measurements as 6'6" and an eighth and 237 pounds. So we are talking about a big, big guy for a wide receiver. Now, I I mean, it wouldn't be the biggest tight end in the world, but that kind of is tight end size. I mean, Evan Engram is 6'3", 240. So he's three inches taller than Evan Engram and about the same weight, if you consider that he probably hasn't been working out as a tight end. Let's assume he can get three pounds on there without too many problems. Um, I mean, he's kind of in that ballpark of a, of tight end weight. Sam Laporta is 245. Like, wouldn't take much for him to get to 240, 245, 250 at that size. And I, I have um, the official listings here. 
that I'm looking through. He has over 35-inch arms as well, yes. which is like offensive tackle territory. That's f- like just at a quick glance, fifth, fourth or fifth uh, longest arms for anybody on just the American roster. It's all it's uh, offensive tackles and defensive ends, as it usually is. So the catch radius is just unbelievable for Johnny Wilson. So, yeah, that that size mismatch thing, I think, is going to be really intriguing for the NFL. Uh, the other guy getting buzz, Lad McConkey from Georgia, the receiver, you know, just when you see him on film, he looks fast and quick. You don't always see fast and quick. I see both when I watch him, the way he plays. It showed up in our athleticism score. It showed up in our max speeds. And, you know, I think uh, I think Field Yates from ESPN is expecting Lad to go in the first round. I saw yeah. Renner also tweet out, like, if he gets to the Panthers at 33, you know, they should take him immediately. So we're talking Lad McConkey from Georgia getting that late first round type of hype. And he looks he looks fast and quick out there so far this week. Yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit yesterday with Trevor. Um, the conversation has changed, right? It's gone from, oh, where in the mid rounds does he go to how high in the first round is he going to go? Or is he going to go, you know, he's a first round uh, type of receiver. I'm just running through tight ends that I can think of in in the measurables thing. I can't find a tight end with longer arms than Johnny Wilson. No, I I believe it. 35 is massive. Like 34 like, would be massive. Yeah, so Gronk is in the 93rd percentile of arm length among tight ends, and he has 94 or 34 and a quarter. Like, Johnny wow. Wilson is over an inch longer, and that's the 94th percentile. So I, I haven't found one yet, and I'm just listing through the largest tight ends I could think of. I wonder if Johnny's drinking his AG1, the daily foundational nutrition, nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. We drink it every day. I bring it on the road here with me. My diet might not be great over here. I'm eating all the seafood, but I got my AG1. I'm getting my nutrients at the beginning of the day. Drink it every morning with my coffee. Makes me feel great, ready to take on the day. And uh, even when I'm traveling, got to have my AG1 with me. All great athletes, they have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1. That's why I'm a huge fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me the key daily nutrients to support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. It's this micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take great care of their health every single day. So just mix the one small scoop with water, drink it first thing every morning, and you're done. Also love that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good deal, if you ask me. And it's a really good, effective daily habit with high-quality sourced ingredients. For comprehensive solutions, what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. That's key right now while I'm traveling. The travel packs, man. Go to drinkag1.com slash PFF. That's drinkag1.com slash PFF. Go check it out right now. All right, what else do we have here on the American roster? Who else is highlighted? A uh, couple offensive linemen. I know Tyler mentioned Tyler Guyton. Did you have a question? Or something to say? Uh, well, number one, it's Trevor, not Tyler. Um, and and I'm I sorry, just Trevor. just an update, yeah, just an update on the arm length. I've made it to the 96th yeah, yeah, percentile. The 96th percentile for Jelani Woods, who was the largest tight end I could think of, and we're still only at 34 and a half inch arm. So we're still way off. That's crazy, Johnny. You Wilson, might have the largest, the longest arms of any tight end in the database. I don't know. I've successfully done this thing again where I accidentally wave at the webcam and it goes into like I noticed it mode. So it hang on. I, it's on some you. sort of jazz hands thing stops it, but I can't figure out what. Maybe it's only one hand. Look, yeah, there we go. Did it. Got it. Fixed. Done. We're back. So you use the you use the force and it moves the camera yeah. back. That's good. Right. So my kids, my kids are like loving Star Wars now. That's like all they watch. So they think they like when they're mad at me or something. I try to use the force against me. They just kind of like. Eh. So it works for your, works for your camera apparently. Mm. Um, so I know Trevor, not Tyler. I'm going yes. to grab dinner with Trevor in a little bit here. Tyler Guyton, um, again, Nagy mentioned him last week, and Guyton's getting a lot of discussion this week because what Jim Nagy mentioned last week was the size, the movement skills. He mentioned the name Tyron Smith to at least compare what that size and movement skills looked and felt like. And I see it, man. Like I watched Guyton on film and he is he played right tackle at Oklahoma. And you could absolutely see that potential. You see his, I, I, I hate using the word potential, but you can see his in two different ways. 
footwork, the size, obviously, and then his grip strength. Like when he locks on, he has some impressive reps here where he's just uh, sticky, we'll say, in pass protection, and, and guys aren't going anywhere. The question for Guyton, though, let's see, how many career snaps? A little over 1,000. 1,095 career snaps. And the production has been just okay. Like pretty good pass protection grade last year with Oklahoma, below average run blocking grade. So you know me, Sam. Data like the data might not say yes to Guyton, but my heart is saying, boy, the development is there. So I'll have more official takes on him getting closer to the draft. I might not, he might not be for me in my style, but I get it. And he's one of the more intriguing prospects because of how good he could be. We are, we're generally relatively low on the hot takes uh, relative to the shouty shows. And we're, it's not our thing, right? We don't have that many of them. Yeah. I have just found the hottest take to come out of the Senior Bowl week. Would you like it? I have identified the first Hall of Famer from this Senior Bowl class. Really? You ready for this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, there's a few steps to this, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers have just hired, damn it, I've done it again, jazz hands, kill it, stop, go back, there you go. It's that, it's one-handed jazz hand, it does the camera thing, okay. So, so if you see that, Pittsburgh, it's not because Sam is spazzing out or anything. The Pittsburgh Steelers have just hired Arthur Smith as offensive coordinator, right? Arthur Smith yes. runs a lot of power scheme type of runs. He needs a large interior offensive lineman. The Steelers are currently staffed with a bunch of smaller guys, particularly at center. They need an upgraded center. They need a big center. Enter stage left. Oregon center, Jackson Powers Johnson, 320 pounds of monster, where the Steelers, picking at number 20 in the first round, select him. Add him to the list of immediate inaugural or immediate deified centers because they're Pittsburgh Steelers starting center from rookie season. Boom. Hall of Fame. 15 years time. Book it. Done. Wow. I love it. I love it, dude. He, he weighed in at 334, Sam. <laughs> 334. His, his body is amazing. Clip that one. Yeah. The guy is... Six three, which is six three, three thirty four yeah. at center, and it's like the widest dude I've ever seen. He look and he looks like he's wearing pads from nineteen ninety four. That he is a stealer. He is absolutely a stealer. I love this take. I right? love it. And right to the and Hall because of Fame. because he'll be a day one Pittsburgh starting center, he's in the Hall of Fame already. Oh, it's unbelievable! It's perfect! It's absolutely perfect! I, he looks he looks like a creative player. He does look fake out on the field. There are some amazing body types out here. Last year, last year, remember it was the year of like the uh, the undersized player who, right? Uh, you know, guys that just bucked all the trends at their positions with Johnny Wilson as a wide receiver tight end hybrid. Uh, you know, uh, Powers Johnson being a monster center. You have James Williams, who's a 6'4", 230-pound. He was playing free and strong safety at Miami. He's converting to linebacker. Like We're going the other way with just like monster body types this year in this, this year's draft. Yeah, it's good take, three, 334, future Hall of Fame, first round Pittsburgh Steelers starting center. Done. That was easy. Perfect. We should have more hot takes. We're good at them. Well, you are at least. That was That's a, that's good. That's going to be this one time. Could be. Yeah. I still had, you know, Corey. I, I have my Corey Davis one. That's what I'm living off of. That's uh, true. Christian Haynes from UConn. Just, you know, if you're, if you're into guards, looking really good. Left and right guard, you know, they, they you cross-train him across different positions. He's been excellent in the pass protection drills. Really graded well throughout his college career as well. And then speaking of monsters, Tavondre Sweat, the nose tackle from Texas. Did he weigh in? I don't have a weigh-in number for him. But he looks all of the 360 or so that he was listed at. He is huge. I know there's a couple of reps of him from Wednesday's practice, uh, bull rushing centers, you know, right through the pocket. He's uh, he's fun to watch on tape, graded well, graded well against the run. I think he could play well against the run, but dude could push the pocket as well with that size. And he's shown that during practice as well. 
he did not weigh in. I think he was the guy Trevor was talking about yesterday of somebody that was listed as an absolute freaking monster and specifically did not weigh in, suggesting that he might be an even larger monster than he was listed as being. He looks huge. I got a call. I had to snap a couple pictures because you you love pictures of you know large people, small people. The whole I, I'll I'll send you the sweat pictures because he looks um, quite big, but he can play. Like he's not he's not overweight. Yeah, there's I don't a thing. There's a flying. few clips of him just running right over people. Um, so that's the majority of what I have. Let me see any other. Do I just like read my notes? I don't. I'm not great at taking notes. Um, Tez Walker and Kyrie Jackson, a couple long uh, receiver cornerback matchups early on. They had some good ones. I mentioned Lob Tez's drops. Um, I almost got hit by a helmet today. Oh, yeah? Did you see the clip of the hel- the helmet toss? No. What um, J- Jordan Jefferson, the LSU defensive tackle against Christian Haynes? They went one on one, and Jefferson like took Haynes' helmet and just slung it. The UConn helmet just slung it. And uh, I was right there. I was right there on the field, right near it, and uh, it almost hit me. It was wow. dangerous. So you there. were almost killed. Almost got killed here at Senior Bowl practice because yeah. Jefferson. So Jefferson is uh, that's bad for the model. The, uh, oh, the helmet toss. Okay. So we're, we're have you been have you been any closer to getting some live reps with your arm? I need I need Steve passing the ball. I held a ball today. I held did a hold ball. a ball. Yeah, so we're one step closer. We'll see what happens on Thursday here. Held I mean, the ball in order, threw it back into play. In order to throw the ball, you first need to hold the ball. So you know, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. We have taken the first step. Now we just need the next few steps. Oh, so we'll see what happens. Um, other than that, I mean, I think it's you know we're just uh, we're just hanging out, talking to people. We had um, I ran into one front office at dinner. Last night, like and, a whole uh, front office. It's about six people, GM and scouts and, and everything. And I was okay. having dinner with someone else. The person I was with had to leave, so I was like left with he like left me with the check. So I was picking up the check, and I was you know, uh, I went up to them and said something about, um, "Hey, you guys use an ultimate or whatever." They're like, "Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's great." And then uh, as I was walking out, they came back to me they're like, "What should we do with the grades?" So they asked me about what should, what we should do, what yeah. to do with PFF grades, yeah. and I said uh, they're great. You got to use them, you know. And I was, you know, I was, I was, I was being serious. I was like, yeah, you, you guys, you, you know, you you do your own evaluations and then you cross check, and you know, and they're just nodding. They're like, yeah, yeah, they're, it's good. They agreed. They agreed the grades were hashtag good, good. Nice as a well, as a guide. Should, that's and a, the tweet as a right tool. there, right? Oh Spoke yeah, I'm to gonna an office listen. That told me the grades were good. Oh, my, my it's Magic actually a tweet. tweets. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a That's tweet that I'm cool. relatively certain you've done before making it up facetiously, but it's actually now factually correct. But it, but it really happened, right? It really happened. Right. So, yeah, my uh, my dry tweets, I will have that. And I'll um, I'll just personalize it as if it's happening right now tonight yeah, yeah. at dinner. Right. Ran into a front office. They told me the grades are good. And then everybody will be like, hey, see, see, J.J. Watt, see what happened. Mm. The grades are good. People do listen to them. Are you doing any or much talking to players? I mean, I know, you know, journalism isn't really your thing, um, but people do that during the, the senior bowl. Are you getting in on the journalism or are you just watching from afar? No, I had, uh, I was wearing my PFF pullover today. The only player I See talked that. to was Marshawn Neeland from uh, Western Michigan. He was like, okay. oh, PFF. And I'm like, oh boy, what's, what do you want? <laughs> Is he trying to like pick a fight? You know, what's he trying to get into? And, I'll, and then uh, he's like, no, no, you guys, you guys say good things about me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's because you play well. So, you know, yeah. I, I haven't talked to I don't do a lot it, of talking huh? to players. No, no, I don't do the journalism yeah. thing. I, I, I don't have, I don't see the need for me to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, do you have any questions you want to ask yeah. or anything? Like I could try to. Yeah, know. I got a question for you. I want you to vicariously ask. I want you to ask um, Brendan Rice. I want you to ask him what kind of pressure comes with following Jerry? Oh. Like the man is oh, Jerry sure. Rice's kid and he's followed him into the same career at the same position. What kind of pressure that brings along with it? I'm sure I'll be the first one to ask that 
unique question. It's not about being first, Steve. It's about doing it right. So <clears throat> that's another one of the interesting things about the Senior Bowl is the uh, I can only see what I can see. And then people have to interpret it and then convey their thoughts. I've seen a lot of people saying that Brendan Rice is having a great week here. Mm. I've seen like what I've seen is like, you know, a little mixed. So I, I always find that interesting. You'll get different uh, perception depending on who's looking at it or whatever it might be. But sure. he's done some nice things. I mean, he, Physical. He's a different yeah. type of receiver than his dad. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. Very much so. Um, no, you do get – I mean, even – Forget the variable of like which reps did you see and which ones did you not see. You get that from people right. watching just the same tape, right? You come away with different conclusions. So it's that's part of what makes the evaluation thing like entertaining. If everyone, like all 32 teams are looking at the same players and setting a different draft board, and it's not just because they run different schemes or they have different play, like they are seeing different things or weighing the the things differently within the same evaluation so it, it makes sense it's just there are certain times yeah. where you see it and you're like i don't even know what you're looking at on this play it, it is very much like the grades and again like one of the gms i talked to that you know on the sideline and he was like hey you know i appreciate what you guys do blah 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 because again we're just we're like one of the tools that they use to either be able to watch players but again but use our data to however they want to use it and and he was like, obviously, we'll have stuff where that we we focus on other things more than data and vice versa. And, and at the end of the day, I always say, and I said to this GM, I said, yeah, your job at the end of the day is to synthesize all the information and then you stack up the board, right? You, you make your decisions after all the information is in. And that inform and, and this same GM is over there watching like the defensive line get off drill, like really right. intently, you know? And so that's from that type of information to like four year PFF grades to the combine information to the senior bowl, like all of that stuff to all the interviews and everything that happens here, all of that gets rolled in and gets synthesized into decision-making. I saw, I saw one tweet that I thought was quite funny where somebody said, you know, Bo Nix has spent 10 years in college, but the last week at the senior bowl is really going to let us know whether he's good or not. That's <laughs> true. Right. It's true. I will say there's been, I think Dak Prescott's year, he didn't look great at practice. And then I think he won MVP in the game. You know, there have been, I, I don't think a quarterback not looking great throw for throw at practice is a big deal because of everything that I said. It is so tough. Receiver depth, where are they running their routes? Um, there was one play where Michael Hall, the Ohio State defensive tackle, he sacked Michael Penix, sacked him in 1.5 seconds. So if you don't have the offensive line holding up, you have no chance. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's its tough to like really judge the quarterback by like a couple of missed throws. It's all a small sample sure. size. So that's fair. And, you know, the reverse has been true as well. Like I have never seen a better um, red zone drill than Kyle Lauletta way back in the day who would put every single oh, right. red zone pass like right into the hands and full outstretch of his receiver on the pylon it's like the greatest sequence of 25 passes i've ever seen in my life and the guy couldn't play in the nfl so <laughs> it doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean much in either direction nope it really doesn't so anyway that's that's all i got here for today sam um right. i also have a nice promo code that we've been using the 30 mds 30 percent off your annual pff subscription Use that mock draft simulator. Everything PFF has to offer, you get 30% off using the promo code 30MDS. Anything else you've seen from uh, from practice? I'm going to fly home here tomorrow. And uh, and then we're out to Vegas next week, man. We are out to Vegas. The, the NFL, did you see Did you see the yeah. – uh, they've, they've had such an uptake of media for a Vegas uh, Super Bowl, shockingly that they've had to employ an auxiliary hotel. Like last year, they had to have an auxiliary media spot at the stadium. Well, now they have, a, have to have a whole second media hotel because uh, the Luxor is filled up. Uh, so they have added the Excalibur to the media party. So Vegas is just working its way through the worst hotels on the Strip to stuff the media into. I assume once this, the... <laughs> Once the rooms of the Excalibur are done, they're just going to hand people a pillow and direct them to a spot on the strip to sleep for the night. But the media is not doing well out of the, the Vegas accommodation. 
Oh, wonderful. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. Um, I want to know, do the people actually care about these fun stories that we tell behind the scenes? A little inside baseball, the jargony stuff that we talk about. The little I know Walt does Inside nuggets. Who knows about the rest of them? You know who doesn't? Walt doesn't love them, but I don't oh, know Walt about doesn't the rest care. of the people. He doesn't care about my run-ins with the hypothetical GM? Not That's at all. Cool. Well, we'll have more of them. We'll see what else. We're going to see who we <laughs> see out right now at dinner. I'll just make some stuff up. We'll tweet through it. It'll be fun. But um, yeah. no, it's good. Um, you'll be back here. So this is our Thursday show. Today's Thursday. Um, you'll be here again tomorrow with Brad. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Um, so again, let us know a couple things. Uh, Vegas, if you're going to be out there, would you come by Circa for a drink on, say, Tuesday evening? And anything else that we need to remind the people of? No, I think that's that. Um all right, great. Our award thing is coming out soon. It might be tomorrow that it's being uh, officially announced. Ooh. So we might know if we've won, if we're an award-winning podcast or not. Oh, I hope it happens during practice. Yeah. Would you take? Like, a I, I just think lap? They, no? they might. I, I'm just. I imagine them stopping practice. You know, the same way they stopped the game for Drew Brees when he broke the passing yard record. You stopped practice, right. and you, we get a. So that's what I'm anticipating tomorrow. Yeah, I, a lot of, I can't a lot of high that fives and standing ovation. So yeah, let us know. Let me know when it, when you when it comes through. I will. All right, man. It's uh, always fun. A uh, lot more draft discussion. The the draft starts in Mobile, so this is just the beginning. And uh, you'll be back here tomorrow. And uh, I'm flying home tomorrow. So thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow with more PFF NFL podcast.